Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday, July 16th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, the Indians are in Oakland getting ready to start the second half of the season uh, after the All-Star break. Uh, tonight, uh, what's, the, uh, what's the situation? Who's on the mound? And, and what are we looking at uh, as the Indians get underway for the second half? Yeah, Eli Morgan is starting for the Indians. Uh, one of... Uh... <laughs> several of their replacement rookies um, and he'll be facing the Oakland and uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, challenge. He got rained out of uh, his start right before the break on Sunday. He was going to face the Royals. And uh, so we, you know, they, they just, uh, you know, pushed him back and uh, he'll, he'll open, he'll open the second half and we'll see what happens, Joe. Uh, coming out of the All-Star break, uh, a little concern with the Yankees and the Red Sox. They were supposed to start a series <clears throat> last night, uh, but that got pushed because of COVID-19 concerns. Uh, apparently, the, the Yankees are still dealing with outbreaks. Uh, Aaron Judge among them. What's the level of concern for the Indians who had uh, a traveling party there with Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber at the All-Star game? Yeah, I, I checked with the Indians, Joe, and and they said uh, they they are not concerned at this at this point. You know, Tito was there too, as he was part of that traveling party too. And uh, I think that they're they're, uh, they're reasonably uh, sure that you know there was no uh, infection passed, and uh, that they're that the Indians uh, All Star contingent is healthy and should be in the lineup tonight. Uh, well, not Beaver, but. Jose Ramirez will be in the lineup. Oh man, if 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 a trip to the All Star game was all it took to get Shane Bieber uh, yeah. back healthy, that's uh, uh, that, that would be great. Uh, the uh, around the league, uh, a little news yesterday: the uh, the Cubs started their fire sale. Uh, looks like uh, they dealt Jock Peterson to Atlanta, and he's going to take uh, you know sort of try to pick up some of the slack for injured Ronald Lacuna Jr. who's out with an ACL tear. Uh, so Jock Peterson goes to the Cubs that, uh, you know, might have a little impact on the India Indians in terms of if they were maybe looking to deal Eddie Rosario at some point, uh, Atlanta would have been a, a place that, that Eddie Rosario could have landed, but now that's definitely not going to be a possibility, uh, once Rosario gets back off the injured list. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess you cross one team off the list and, uh, we'll see, uh, you know, just where the Indians are at this point. 
you know, a week from now, I guess, after this trip against Oakland and Houston, then you got Tampa Bay. So, you know, this is, I don't know if this makes or break the, you know, the Indians uh, plans for the deadline, Joe, but I, I would think they've got them pretty well solidified right now, but uh, it certainly will influence it, you know, how they play it in this stretch of games. The, uh, the Peterson trade sort of opens the floodgates for the Cubs. Uh, you would think that Craig Kimbrell would be uh, an attractive piece that uh, to a contending team that needs a closer. Uh, and also Chris Bryant, uh, you know, the long rumored, uh, you know, rumors of his, uh, you know, demise and not demise, but his departure from Chicago uh, coming to fruition. Now uh, you got to believe both, if not one of those uh, two guys is going to be dealt. Could the Indians in, uh, you know, some sort of strange twist of fate, maybe uh, be looking to, to, to bring in Bryant just to, just to throw him in the outfield or, or play him anywhere around the diamond. I mean, he can play anywhere uh, at the end of this season. And even if they don't have anything, get anything for him, uh, you know, if the Indians are maybe look to, to deal a prospect and, and bring in Chris Bryant for this retro. Wow. That would be something, Joe. I mean, he, Hey, he's Tito's kind of player. He plays all over the diamond. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, not that they would have any his, chance to sign him after the season, but yeah, I don't know what his contract situation is right now. I think he's, ma- he's still making a lot of money. Uh, I, I would be stunned if that happened. I really would, but uh, you know, Hey, it's, it's a trading deadline. It's uh, the time for trade rumors. Stranger things have happened. Uh, one, one, uh, one National League player who won't be uh, taking the mound anytime soon is Trevor Bauer. Uh, he had his administrative suspension extended by two weeks uh, by Major League Baseball, uh, still dealing with the fallout from the uh, alleged domestic incident uh, with a, a woman out in Southern California. Uh, you know, not too much has changed on, on Bauer's end of things or in terms of the criminal investigation, but uh, this can't be a good sign if Major League Baseball just says, you know, hey, he's going to be staying away for an extended period of time. Yeah, Joe, and, and the Players Association had to sign off on this too. So that tells you, it gives you a little indication of the seriousness of the matter. You know, Bauer's has hired a high power legal team. You know, he's declaring his innocence. Um, so we'll see how that works out, but this is uh, this is a definitely um, you know a setback for the Dodgers, a setback for uh, Bauer and his reputation, and uh, you know just how you know how they come out on both the Dodgers and Bauer, how how they come out on the other side of this thing is really going to be uh, interesting to watch. Right, and you know certainly want to give you know as much respect to. Uh, the alleged victim in this case as possible. Don't want to, uh, you know, assume anything uh, either way, but uh, it certainly doesn't look good from the reports that have been out there uh, and, and what's going on and what's being investigated uh, for Trevor Bauer or, or the Dodgers in, in general. Uh, you know, looking forward in the second half of the season, the Indians still have a, a lot of questions to face in terms of, you know, the search for a minority owner, the, uh, the name change coming coming to fruition, and you know just what what the payroll is going to be, what their their situation with their lease is going to be, just all of these off field questions that sort of are, are forming these clouds over the Indians organization over the next you know three to four months. 
How do you think Tito's going to rally the troops and get them get them through these last uh, these last couple of months of the season? Well, I think that's what he does best, Joe. I think he keeps that focus on on the day to day schedule, on the preparing to win the de- that that game right in front of you, not worrying about tomorrow, not worrying about what happened the day before. He's excellent at that, and I think uh, you know that's what uh, that's what will get them through this. And and really, this is off off the field stuff. I mean, the lease does that affect does that affect how you know uh, Eli Morgan throws his changeup? I don't think so. It shouldn't. Uh, the change in the name. These guys are still going to be the Indians, you know, to, to the end of this season. Um, you know, a, a minority partner would certainly help them uh, in the off season, but uh, you know. If you're a player, you play, you know, you just play ball and hopefully they can put blinders on and, and, and keep going forward and, and have, you know, finish strong. Well, you know, if, if, if they do work out a deal to get financing for renovations at the ballpark, that would certainly impact the players in terms of what they're talking about with the facilities and the infrastructure, you know, a, a new clubhouse is nice, uh, you know, fancy new digs, but again, like you said, it doesn't affect the way that they play on the field. All right. Uh, yesterday, I uh, had a chance to stop out at the uh, Great Lakes Science Center and meet up with Aaron Savali. Uh, he was there visiting Camp Curiosity and uh, helping kids build baseballs with Legos. It's, uh, you know, Legos are, are, are square bricks, but uh, they were trying to build uh, spherical baseballs with these bricks. These uh, kindergarten through third grade uh, kids, Aaron was interacting with them, having a lot of fun. And he's got a a background in in Legos. His father Kim uh, worked in a Lego warehouse when he was growing up in in uh, New England, and he went to Northeastern, studied mechanical engineering. Has always had a, a real love for for STEM. It was funny, Hoinsey. I found I, when in talking to Aaron, he said, "You know, everybody learns differently. Every you know, some people are visual learners. Some people learn through reading and studying text. Uh, he always considers himself a, a visual learner, and he." he related that to uh, reading scouting reports and how, you know, there's visual representations on the scouting reports, what a hitter's hot zones are, you know, what his, how his pitches play and, you know, the, the, the break of his curveball and things like that. Uh, it was just really interesting stuff to hear from, from Aaron, how he relates the ability to, to sort of assimilate all that information and his, you know, just lifelong love of uh you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and, and put that all together. And, and it really just sort of fits for him. It was, it was really on brand for, for Aaron Savali that day. Yeah, that was a great story. That was fun. Uh, a good read gave us some insight into Savali. I've got one of my grandsons is a, is a Lego maniac. There I mean, you go. He's, he's got his whole basement full of them. So uh, I, I'm sure he could re uh, yeah, Savali could relate to that. I, I remember when my son was about, you know, six, seven, eight years old, uh, it was a, a good portion of, uh, of a paycheck would go towards purchasing uh, those Lego sets. And well, Savali, the, the thing he said that really stood out to me was when he would build Legos, he would always go buy the book. He was very, very much, you know, following the rules and didn't, didn't vary off of what the, the plans were. I thought that was also very on brand for, for Aaron Savali, sort of a by the book kind of guy and, uh, and his, um, his take on, on building Legos and having a, a, a passion about them. 
There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. All right, as we're getting into the second half of the season, one of the uh, the, the debates that was sparked uh, during the All-Star break was uh, Rob Manfred coming out and saying, he talked about the the seven-inning doubleheaders and the the extra runner on uh, second base for, for extra inning games, uh, probably most likely going away for next season because those were COVID rules or, or inspired by the COVID uh, season. But one thing that, that really stood out uh, that he talked about was the, the idea of, uh, of shifting and the idea of uh, banning the shift, possibly. Uh, Hoinsey, I know you wrote uh, about that off of what, what Manfred said. Uh, also, just the, the idea of do we really want to do this? Is this something you know, that is a step that the baseball needs to take here? Uh, you've you've gone and banned the sticky substances and, and you're policing that. So you're trying to level the playing field that way. Uh, you're also trying to see an increase in offense. Would, would banning the shift necessarily do that? I think it would Joe, definitely. It would increase offense um, and uh, increase action on the bases. Um, you know, but do you take that competitive edge away from a manager or a team? Uh, you know, you know, they have, Teams have front offices full of guys that plot this, these, uh, you know, that's breakdown hitters and, and, and get their tendencies down. And, you know, they move the guy two feet to the left, you know, the shortstop two feet to the left or put three guys on the right side of the, the infield. So, you know, it, it, it's really kind of an interesting thing. And I was surprised when to hear uh, the commissioner say that, you know, it, it seemed to be gaining support, at least regulating the shift. Not, ex- I don't know if he meant banning it, but, you know, curtailing it in, in some means. Well, uh, we, we turn to our subtext subscribers who are always a, a great source of uh, sort of insight and, and just to get the feeling of how, how the fans feel about this debate. And we asked them, you know, what do you think about the, uh, the rules about the shift? And 
you know, maybe banning it, maybe making adjustments that way, uh, just to give us their feedback. Uh, I, I think um, there there was a, an overwhelming response and a lot of good stuff here. I'm going to try to to read through some of these. Uh, not all of them have names attached to them, so I'll uh, I'll just shout them out by area code here. Uh, this one from the the six one four area code, so it looks like Columbus. Uh, this reader says, "I'm totally in favor of banning the shift. The idea of two infielders on each side of second base." and feet on the dirt makes sense to me. The game needs more base hits, not home runs, and base runners. So that, that, that's pretty much the, the standard boilerplate uh, you know, reasoning for uh, maybe enforcing some sort of rule change that, that bans the shift. All right, uh, the next one from the 330 area code. I don't think the shift should be banned. I like I like the strategy involved in employing the shift and conversely in beating the shift. I would like to go back to the nine inning double headers. I really dislike putting a player automatically on second base. Don't mess too much with a great game. So this is this sounds like more of a uh, a traditionalist there in the uh, the the rule sense of things. And let's grab uh, one more of these responses. Uh, this one simply says ban the shift. That's a good one. Um, ban the shift, go back to regular double headers and get rid of the runner on second. The only concession I would make on the double headers would be to allow two additional temporary players on the roster. So that really doesn't uh, focus on the shift there. Keep the shift, do away with the runner on second base, go back to nine inning double headers and maintain the historical statistics of the game. So that's That's another thing is, we, we never really even considered what uh, what all these changes have had as an impact on, you know, the, the traditional statistics of the game. We've got Elias out there telling us, uh, you know, seven inning no hitters aren't no hitters, which is kind of ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, there's there's a whole another level to what these changes have, have the impact these changes have made. Yeah, Joe. And, and you know, in in. In the story I wrote, uh, I thought maybe, what, what do you think about the idea if, you know, a manager had like five times he could use the shift, a radical shift during a game, like, uh, or, you know, so you could keep that in his back pocket. I mean, if you had to keep both two, two infielders on, you know, each side of second base, but there were occasions in a game where you could use a radical shift. Right. You would have to declare something like that, maybe? Or? Yeah, I guess like a challenge or, you I don't know, huh. throw a red flag on the field like they do in, in the NFL. I'm not sure. Well, no, if the, it, all, all you would have to do is just, you know, tell the umpire, hey, I'm moving my guy, and, and they recognize that. Yeah, I, with StatCast and with the technology that's out there, they can they can track those kind of movements so they, they would know. Uh, it's just how do you penalize that? What's the What's the penalty for – you know, doing it six times in a game if you're only allowed to do it five. Yeah, right, right, right. I, but, but, you know, you could keep the keep it up on the scoreboard like they do the mound visits, you right. know, the, each team's mound visits. So you could keep track of that. I don't know what the what the, I mean, what the penalty would be if you tried to sneak a six one in there. If, you're, if your argument is that banning the shift sort of limits that strategy that a manager has, I guess then, you know, uh, putting a number on the, the the amount of times you can shift, I, I guess that would bring strategy back into play. I mean, because you don't want to 
you don't want to run out of use, uh, you know, run out of shifts by the end of the game or, or something like that. Yeah. Just, I, I don't know. It just, it just seems like, uh, you know, I think it just seems like that is like a strategy. That's the part of a managerial strategy, you know, to, to be able to do that, to be able to give your team a chance to win a better chance to win and to take it away when, you know, they've been doing it since the Ted, what Ted Williams was, you know, right. against Ted Williams in the forties, it just seems a, 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 like a really kind of a radical departure, but Hey, we're seeing a lot of different things in, in the game. Change. Well, and one of the things Tito laments, you know, and we've heard him say it several times in, in interviews, you know, they're not just shifting the dead pull left-handed power hitters anymore. They're shifting the, you know, the, the, the light hitting middle infield, you know, right-handed hitters there. Every guy has some, you know, element of a shift to his batting profile. And it, that's, that's where you get into it being ridiculous when, you know, a guy's not necessarily a, you know, this bombs away left-handed hitter. It, the lefties are the ones who were, you know, overwhelmingly impacted by this shift strategy. And when you see other guys who normally in a traditional sense wouldn't have been affected by it, start to, to lose batting average points to it. That's, that's when, you know, the game becomes different. And, and Tito has said the, the hitters are the ones who have to make the adjustment, but as long as you're rewarding them for hitting home runs, monetarily as long as your their contracts are based on that then you know you're not giving them the incentive to change yeah and it, it has not happened organic organically as as tito uh thought it would like six or seven years ago yeah well you know and when it started getting really bad two or three years ago when we started asking him about it he, he thought it was going to change then and it, it just hasn't it's it's gotten it's only gotten I mean, worse see little signs you know like uh, bobby bradley going to left field you know, we've seen uh, Ahmed Rosario and Mad Rosario going to right field. Uh, we've seen some of it, but it's not as prevalent as you would think it would be. All right. All right. Well, uh, we will continue to monitor this weekend as the Indians uh, get back on uh, the road. They're playing in Oakland tonight. Uh, then on to Houston at the beginning of next week. We'll follow along with you uh, all weekend here, Hoinsey. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.